Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, I am privileged to have a serial entrepreneur, someone who's highly accomplished from Krakow, Poland. Richard Lucas, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much. Richard is a business and social entrepreneur. He runs... TEDx Kazimierz, I hope I have the pronunciation right. He's the co-founder of Unicard, ISL, Inno, Wesim System. Logistics. Let me help you. Innovacyjne systemy logistyczne. I think it's, it's, Polish is a very tough language. Thank you. And he's an investor and board member in several companies. So Richard, before we get into any of any detailed discussions about your business, what would you say are three key milestones in your career or your life? I, I would say one is graduating from Cambridge University in the in the UK. That I'm, my father was an academic, and I don't see myself as a particularly academic person, mm -hmm. but somehow this is one of the one of the world-class universities and getting a degree there kind of positions you as someone to take seriously in my later life it didn't matter so much when you're in business your customers never ask where did you go to school so Correct. but this would be one thing i would say secondly uh having uh, having children so mm -hmm. my first child was born in 19 the 13th of december 1996 and becoming a parent um and this somehow changed my sense of identity and my purpose in life. And then strangely, actually getting divorced a decade later, when I became a, a single dad and started, this was like, I would say that all the other failures I had in my life uh, were different compared to the challenge of going through divorce and sort of, let's say, if you have different people have the concept of the midlife crisis, but this was... Uh, 2002, so 18, 18 years ago. And it's a, in a sense, it's a reboot. Suddenly you reconsider everything, what is an achievement, what is a failure. Correct. Something of that scale puts it into a different perspective. Okay. Um, I, can, I can go into detail on the business side, but in terms of my life, I would say these are three dramatic, dramatic events. Fantastic. So let's talk about you know, your journey as a business and social entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. My first question, you know, when I was reading about you, you're involved in so many businesses, so many investments. My first question is, how do you manage your time? Well, it's a journey. And I think that there's three things to say. One is that I don't manage these businesses. Every business I'm involved in mm -hmm. has a, a managing director, a CEO, and it's not me. So I've been a CEO three times in my life. Mm -hmm. And in one case, in the longest stretch for for seven years from 1992 to 1999. So I know what it's like to be in charge to run a business, but it would be impossible to be the CEO of so many businesses. So right. how do I run all these businesses? I don't. Um, some of the nonprofits, I am the, the number one person. Um, the second thing I would say is that I had a crisis of time management running my first business when I was the CEO around 1995. And I just wasn't coping with the pressure of running one business. Mm -hmm. And I became very interested in time management. And um, the uh, I bought a book called The 10 
Natural Laws of Life and Time Management by Haram Smith. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked to discover that there's a methodology and processes to deal with time management. I've been to one of the best high schools in the United Kingdom, Winchester College, one of the best universities. And I had not had a single hour on personal organization and time management uh, and other things that are vital for success in business. And anyone watching this anywhere, I, I, I can sh happily share lessons. It's very simple. And many schools do not teach it at all. Um, in terms of how it is now, I, I'm a believer in the to-do list. I always have a to-do list. Um, I try to think at the beginning of the day, what are the most important things I have to do today mm -hmm. and do them. And, and I'm not as rigorous as I should be. You should have a yearly plan, a monthly plan. There are many, you can optimize it. But the key thing is to have a to-do list and do the things that are most important first. And if you do that, you will be way ahead of most people because what's, <laughs> what's, what's urgent is not the same as what's important. And you okay. should focus on what's important. Right. Well said. Now, because you know, just even attending so many board meetings, even if they're, you know, via Zoom or whatever, is is a challenge. And so, yeah. uh, Richard, let's talk about your focus area, which is technology. Tell me, what is the technology environment like in Poland? Um, is I, my earliest businesses in Poland were involved in importing technology into Poland, and this was particularly in the area of automatic identification. So this is barcode scanners, RFID scanners, optical character recognition, uh, magnetic card readers. So different ways of getting information into machines without using the keyboard is the key. So the keyboard, people think it's fast, but it's actually not that fast, and it's quite error prone. Sure. And so I would say that uh, with the communist system, uh, communism, which started in 1945 in Poland and ended in 1989, this was imposed by a foreign power, the Soviet Union. The, the Soviet system took science and technology seriously, but achieved a middle level of uh, development in the sense that um, they, they gave it priority from particularly in the area of the military mm -hmm. and in some ways although i'm deeply opposed to the communist system it did have the effect of raising the the human capital particularly of women um in in, in poland although poland was relatively progressive in contrast to its current image mm -hmm. that women had lots of senior positions and still do in polish society even pre-communism okay. but in terms of general education so i would say the general education base was quite good mm -hmm. but the lack of the market system the in order for the uh, technology to diffuse and be adopted you need to have capital mobility the profit motive technological process and competition and these are the characteristics of the free market system mm -hmm. not the socialist system um so it was quite good but very much lacking the latest technology. Mm -hmm. um, this was the historic sweep. Um, but my, I'm, I'm more global. My biggest businesses are in America rather than in Poland. And I would say now that Poland has good universities, uh, free markets, we're part of the European Union, which is the largest market in the world. Mm -hmm. I think even China, possibly China is bigger, but the income per head in China is much lower than in Europe. Mm -hmm. So, And I would say we lack the deep, pools of capital that you would have in a advanced market economy, like you don't have the historic savings of the middle class in a place like Belgium or Holland or okay. Norway or, or, or Ireland or the UK or America. Uh, but it's 
it's we know the, thanks to the internet just as in india if you have a smart idea in india you can look it up and 10 minutes later you can know a lot about it with Correct. a little bit of research we have access to that and Correct. i think that's so but we like the we like the really big pools of capital we don't have companies like you know british aerospace or rockwell or ibm that are domestic the biggest large polish companies are still not that big very interesting so out of your portfolio which are the businesses closest to your heart i know this is a difficult question but i i think it's very important to say that this is this is like asking a parent which are your favorite children okay. or your favorite child it's it just doesn't make sense you know uh, businesses are in some ways they are like children they have their own legal identity they have their own personality their own culture and they're different and i'm a competitive person i think that i celebrate success and you know some of the businesses that have been very successful or less successful now but they still have chances to come back and reinvent themselves i certainly and also the other thing is if you think about if you imagine listening to this interview and you were the ceo or an employee of one of the businesses that is struggling how insulting and <laughs> offensive it would be to hear me say oh i don't like this one so much so i think it's not only inappropriate um a it varies over time correct but financially and in commercially by far the most successful is a company called argos multilingual we acquired two companies were in the middle of acquiring another company uh were huge uh, top 50 in the world in uh, localization and it's a uh, f- very successful in the eyes of clients the people who work there financially it's a it's a it's a great business it's led by Kimon Fontakidis an american entrepreneur or rather this year we recruited a new ceo veronique and she's doing extremely well and that business will continue to be very successful so tell me you know you you invest in multiple businesses what do you look for before making an investment Okay so several things I have a I have a an article called tough questions from a potential investor I can share that if you share show notes or stuff like that uh, number one is I do I understand how the business can make money mm-hmm. uh, maybe these aren't in order but this is one thing this do I understand the problem that the business is solving that I don't uh, people often say you know do I like this business and it's not, it doesn't actually matter whether I like the business mm-hmm. what matters is that the users or the client value the business i uh, very often in this sort of fashionable trendy i excuse my language but bullshitty world of the startup community there's a lot of trying to impress people by getting into the media and i always say it doesn't matter what matters is the clients and the clients value what the business does and i usually see that in terms of solving a problem okay. like uh, uh, um so is, is it solving a problem are the unit economics good so does that mean is there a big gap between the cost of doing whatever the business does mm-hmm. and the price that customers are happy to pay and the third thing is the people and the the people and the team like do i do i actually want to spend time with the the people who are running or founding the business um is it ethical in the sense of you know this my ethical in the sense that you know if there are people screaming in the cellar if there are people being exploited mm-hmm. if it's doing something that i'm ashamed of i don't want to go near it i would be ashamed of yeah. um there are some other criteria but those are the main ones okay and you know when i was reading about you i found that you generally stay invested for long periods of time mm mm-hmm. what leads you to make a sale or to divest your business again i've personally evolved so 
I think when I started my first businesses, I was so, despite having this great education, there'd been very little entrepreneurship education, even reading economics at Cambridge. Economics at a university like Cambridge is not about business, it's about how the economy works, which mm -hmm. is a different question. And I love doing economics. I think it's very interesting, but it's not necessary to make, it's not necessary to be a, an economist to be a business person and and vice versa. A business person doesn't have to be an economist. So I would say that when I started my first businesses, I didn't even have the concept of an exit. You know, I somehow, I didn't realize that this is something that people do. You start a business, you build it up to some kind of critical mass or position, and then you sell it. I didn't even know this. I, crazy, but I, I really didn't even have that concept. Um, but then later, um, now I, I've been simplifying my, trying to simplify my life. I, I think I'm involved in too many things. Mm -hmm. So now uh, during the last year, I sold some of the shares in my smaller businesses mm -hmm. to co-founders, to external people. Mm -hmm. And in a way I've become uh, tougher. But one of the things that's important, very often the, the entrepreneur investor is both the main shareholder and the leader of the business and I, I was fortunate and partly by virtue of being a foreigner in Poland who when I moved here didn't speak Polish I'm Polish now I'm a Polish citizen I'm very happy to be a Polish citizen it okay. means I'm still a citizen of the European Union which matters a great deal to me I was able to separate the issue of being the owner of the business from running the business mm -hmm. and quite often when people sell a business if they're the owner entrepreneur they're actually looking to change their life you know they're stressed by the responsibility they don't like the lifestyle of being a ceo which is very demanding it's quite prestigious but it's very demanding so the reason they exit is to change their lifestyle because i'm not the ceo owner i'm able to carry on being an owner without the the burden of response, the joys and burdens of leadership. So in which case it becomes a more financial decision that quite often a smaller business will be sold for three or four times its earnings. In other words, you know, if you're making a million dollars a year, you can get $4 million for your business. Sometimes valuations are higher, but very often entrepreneurs overestimate the value of their business in market terms. But if you think of that the other way around, that means that if you can keep the results for four years and you own the business for four years, you've got the same amount of money as if you sold it and you still own the business. So if you're not desperate for cash, it's often a better thing to hold the business rather than sell out. So, so what leads it? These days, I just look at the deal. Does it make sense for me? And is the person buying it going to be good for the business as well? Mm -hmm. So, you know, so many businesses invested in, you got must have got your own set of core values that you look at before you invest and before and and how you get involved in every businesses. What are your core values? Uh, it's an interesting question. I, I would say that I mean my my kind of personal mantra is have fun, make money, be useful. That I you know I'm competitive. A, a business that doesn't make money is a hobby. Um, it's, it's fine to have hobbies, but you need to be honest with yourself. And every, I get this wrong from time to time. I sometimes invest. I, you can, it's quite easy to have self-deception. There's an American entrepreneur called Gary Vaynerchuk, which people, many people who are into watching business podcasts in English or business video content in English will know Gary Vaynerchuk. He talks about self-awareness and he's absolutely right. You need to know yourself. So one is like, am I going to enjoy it? The second, is it going to be, is it going to be successful? By which I mean, having happy customers, making money and having a good team, like the team is enjoying working there. So, yeah. but, but like 
that then um, is it useful? That's not so, I mean, you, in a sense, any business that people are sending money to must be being useful in the eyes of the customer because the customer isn't going to be stupid, although you can get exploitative businesses that kind of deceive people. I, uh, so can I be proud of it? But I, I think I like the idea that at least in some area, we can be better doing it like something to be proud of the, the way we do it. It could be a very simple business, you know, making sandwiches, but you should have something about that business where you say, you know, we are doing the best sandwiches on our street. You know, even it, uh, it doesn't have to be super cool, game-changing, awesome, disruptive, scalable, world-class X. You know, I would love to, I'd be very proud to be Elon Musk, but I'm not. But I can be proud of some of the small businesses I'm involved in, as well as some of the bigger ones. Fantastic. So, you know, uh, Richard, you work with so many different CEOs, so many different companies. And as you said in the beginning of our conversation that CEOs run the business. My question to you is, what are some good qualities a CEO should have? Um, well, obviously, leadership. And I didn't understand leadership when I started my own business. And half an hour on Google and YouTube will take you a long way in understanding leadership. But mm -hmm. I've come to learn that leadership is the ability to get a group of people to work towards a common goal willingly, not because you pay them, not because, uh, yes, you have to pay them, but somehow motivating people to work together towards a common goal. And that means you have to be able to define the purpose of the organization. You can't lead if you don't have a purpose. You might okay. define your purpose. Then there are lots of subsidiary qualities to do with that. So you have to realize that people are individuals. You can't manage people. You, you have to get to know the people who you report to you. I gave a talk at a conference in, in Poland a few years ago saying that, um, uh, and this was quoting a wonderful American podcast called Manager Tools, which is the best management podcast I know by former soldiers who went into corporate life. And they said that if you don't know the names of the children of the people who report to you, you, shouldn't, you should resign from your job as a manager or as a leader because how can you expect people to go the extra mile or kilometer for your business if you don't know the names of the people who are most important to them and if you think your company is more important than their children you're you're just delude you're crazy as well as incompetent yeah. so you need to get to know your team like what because different people are motivated by different things some people want security other people want to develop other people want money you need to know what motivates people and um, then just set an example. So, you know, if you want other people to use your CRM system and do update their notes in the CRM, you have to do it too. Um, if you want people to uh, arrive on time at meetings, you have to be on time at meeting. So basic, like, I'd say business hygiene, organizational, like being reliable, being trustworthy, uh, setting an example, being a good communicator, listening, mm. not speaking so much, um, listening, figuring out what people are like. Also, you need to have that, what I say, business. If you're talking about a business leader, a business sense, is this a good business? Are you buying it for one and selling it for 10? If you are, that's a great business. You know that. And other people, it's all about prestige and they don't they don't get the, the core business. I could go on, but those are a few of the qualities. Terrific. So let me move to the second part of our conversation, which is some questions for you personally. Mm. Richard, you know, so much achieved so soon, so early in life looking ahead some lot of great things ahead what does success mean to richard hmm. and I'd, I'd say that it, it evolves um I, I think as i've become more sort of financially secure i would say i i i'm going to leave my family out of this because i think you know that's a that you could talk for hours about relations with your children yeah. your ex-wife your 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 but like leaving family out of it i would say that 
I'm happy when I'm doing things that I, I know have uh, have a purpose I believe in. And a lot of the nonprofits I'm mm-hmm. involved in are to do with community building, fighting social isolation and loneliness. And I think that if I can see, so that's one thing, it's like the purpose, but then it's also, is my involvement in it making a difference? And so I, you know, is it using the skills I've got because like I, I could carry bricks or make sandwiches and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But if I can contribute more than that, I feel I've had my education, I've experienced. So does it use what I've, the, the know-how and capital I've uh, uh, achieved in my life? So if A, I can, you know, the, the, the organization I'm helping or supporting is having a positive impact on other people, uh, then that's really great. And is it using the skills and capability I've got? And although I... You know, ego isn't so important to me. I think at some level, I know that I, I like at least some people I care about to know about what I'm doing, that I, I, I recognition is, you know, the real recognition is in the eyes of the, the beneficiaries. And I do some mentoring and support of other people. And, you know, when I meet someone who came to a workshop yeah. I gave a few years ago and they come up to me and say, that changed my life. I'm so proud and happy that I was able to help that person. It means more to me than, you know, having a new car, which actually doesn't make me happy at all. Okay. So I've got time for two more questions for you. My next question is uh, on, on failure. You know, all of us fail. And I know that in my part of the world, parents don't teach their children. It's okay to fail. Yet we keep failing. My question to you is, what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes or your failures? I think, I think the biggest mistakes I made were after I'd had my first business success. Mm-hmm. And that was not being realistic about the reasons for that success. That somehow overestimate, overestimating my role and my talent mm-hmm. in the success and underestimating the role of luck. Well, and so... Uh, then when I invested in some, after my first business success, and I had some money, not not many millions, but enough money to mean I could invest in, in other businesses. I When it was going wrong, I just threw more money into it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to face the failure. And, you know, the, the business had failed. Mm-hmm. But if you have extra money, you can delude yourself that you're not failing. Like, like some of the current American Correct. president's. Uh, business failures. He he gets money from different sources to keep it going. So it looks like a great business, but in fact is gobbling up cash and is is failing in business terms. But because there's the the extra money came, coming in from the outside, you keep it going. So I think not facing up to business failure and denying yourself that failure mm-hmm. by putting more money in would be. A, and I I lost a lot of money doing that in business failures. So facing up to when things are going wrong, not deceiving yourself. And I think I've become more honest with myself now. And in a way, because I'm more self-confident, I'm more willing to admit failure. People who don't admit failure are often rather insecure. Correct. Well said. And my last question to you. This is for the thousands of people who will watch you, listen to you. You know, for someone who's invested so much and who's seen so many businesses, what would your advice be to a young entrepreneur who's starting off on their journey? Um, I think it's, there's several things. So one is being an entrepreneur isn't easy and a lot of it isn't fun and it's a tough road. 
the idea that it's a cool way to impress your family and friends. If you're successful, they'll be impressed. But um, if you're not successful, they may wish you well, but it's not so impressive to fail. It's it's not nice, you know, it's not a nice thing to do. So one thing is realize that what you want to do is difficult and it's not necessarily going to make you happy, Mm -hmm. you know. So uh, in the sense of like a cool yacht and the plane, and those things won't make you happy anyway, so don't even go there. Okay. So, but that, so one one is recognize that it's tough. The second is focus on your customers or potential customers that mm-hmm. don't come to networking meetings, meet other entrepreneurs, talk to them, but talk to the people who you want to sell to. And mm-hmm. that doesn't matter what it is, just go and talk to them and share your idea with them. And are they interested? And if they tell you no, 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 that's don't be disappointed. Say thank you and ask them what they would want if they don't, what, what you do want. And if you spend a year of your life talking to people who you think would be your potential customers and they all say no, you're lucky you haven't invested your life savings or your parents' savings on a business for which there was no market. And 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 I think also those are probably the and it's you know, but if if it is the right thing for you, it can be a better life. You know, it can be you can have more meaning, more significance. And I I I wouldn't um I wouldn't underestimate the the incredible satisfaction you can get of really having an impact and making a difference, which is if you start your own thing, it's absolutely open to you. Fantastic. Richard, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. And I wish everything that you do, lots of success. Well, thank you. And thank you very much uh, for the service you're providing to to the wider community with this uh, with this YouTube and podcast channel. Uh, I think that it's worth reflecting that Ashutosh has been a successful entrepreneur and this is what he's doing with his time. And I'd like any, anyone listening to reflect on that. If you're successful, think about what you can do for other people because by doing things for other people, you can also have a better life yourself. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.